to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Right off the top here, B-Train, what's it like to be 2-0? feels pretty good. That means that thus far, everything that you're doing, as far as game planning and, and the work that you're putting in is, is worth it. So uh, it's a really good feeling, but it really is just 2-0. and You still have 14 games left, and it's a great start, but by no means should you relax or feel like you've really accomplished anything other than winning the first two games, and, and you just got to be able to keep that going. Now, that's your analyst hat, but when you played and you were 2-0 with the Cardinals in 2008, was that the same mindset in that locker room? Well, we felt like we had a special team, and, and that first game at San Francisco, we, we, we found out something about ourselves, and uh, there was a, a long drive where the offense was on the field for the majority of like the third quarter, and we, as a defense, we were we were making plays. We were turning the ball over, giving it back to our offense. And uh, we knew we had a lot of talent on the field, but there was something about that particular group, that that particular chemistry that we had. We knew we had something special, and the two and O start kind of validated what we had already thought. Now, more recently, the Cardinals' last two and O start, twenty fifteen. Don't need to tell everyone what happened at the end of that season. But MJ, we are seeing this Cardinals team not only in Week One at San Francisco, but Week Two home to Washington, getting contributions across the board, offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, and that's playing complementary football. And you know, that's you know, you know, last year you could say at times the offense, you know, kind of carried the team. We know the defense obviously struggled closing out games. Special teams was a vast improvement but you know uh, as you listen to Cliff and, and Steve Kime I mean they still feel like they haven't played four quarters of, of, of solid football now you know it's tough to do especially when you don't have a preseason and we always talk about maybe the preseason good for young guys but when you hear guys like Chandler Jones saying he could have used a couple preseason games whether it was 10 or 12 snaps um, but I think we gotta you know wait and see after 25 percent of the season because you know, you, you hate to overreact, but I think the Cardinals sitting in 2-0, and and there's still things they can work on. It's not They haven't played a perfect game, and I don't know if there's ever going to be a perfect game. Let's take you back to Sunday, 30-15, to the final over Washington. We go inside the Cardinals locker room, exclusive access, courtesy azcardinals.com. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury addressing the team. Two things I felt today. I felt going in, we were super confident. Y'all felt that, right? There was no way we weren't winning that game. I also felt leaving that field, we're not satisfied. We can play so much better. Everybody understand that? So much better. Just little things here and there. But that's a hell of a job finding ways to win. Right? Hell of a job. Let's keep grinding. I got two game balls. First one, all right, I want to give to Larry Wilson's family. We lost one of the all-time great Cardinals. So we'll hand this to him. Great job getting the win for him. Stanley, and the second one for his birthday defense. Y'all gave him a hell of a birthday present. Yeah, BJ. Hell of a coach, even better man. BJ, here you go. 
Yeah, the defense pitched a shutout on Sunday. First first half shutout since the 17 home finale against the Giants. It was 20 to nothing when the Cardinals went into the locker room again. They win by the final score of 30 to 15. There was another game ball. Not sure how many of you saw this, but on the Arizona Cardinals social media accounts, the strip sack of Jordan Phillips, his first sack as an Arizona Cardinal. The ball wound up in the hands of Chandler Jones. He got the fumble recovery. Well, he kept that ball until yesterday Jordan Phillips celebrating his birthday and Chandler Jones gifting that game ball to his new teammates and Jordan Phillips and let's start right there B train because it's usually offense but we're going to spend a lot of time here on this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report talking about the defense because for me that is where this season has certainly made its mark is on the defensive end uh, with the Cardinals. Finally, Craig, you have come to my side of thinking. You know defense wins championships. I don't know why we waste so much time with offense when you know it's really the defensive side that determines who gets the ring. So uh, it's about time you, 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 you've come to your senses and, and you kick the show off on the right foot. But uh, looking at that play, that play was really the microcosm of, of what this defense is all about. They're opportunistic. When you have players like Chandler Jones and, of course, Jordan Phillips making plays, you're seeing some of the new pieces that have been brought to this defense pay immediate dividends already in the first part of the season. Yeah, those three new offseason additions, Devondre Campbell, Devon Kennard, and who am I missing? Oh, Jordan Phillips. They've all had a hand in these first two games. I yeah, think. I'm looking at the uh, the show sheet. It looks like we're going to hold off a little bit on defense because we are going to talk offense. But, yeah, I mean, what the Cardinals newcomers have done, and we'll get into it at the bottom of the hour, and you just got to give credit to Vance Joseph. He's got players, and it's always it really comes down to players. I mean, we talk at X's and O's, and it's really coming down to Jimmy's and Joe's. But I just like the, t- the fact that they're playing complimentary football. The offense is, is moving the ball. The defense has done a much better job on third downs. They've done a much better job in the red zone. But, you know, I, I just like, and, and, and again, they feel like they can get more out of this football team, and that's really encouraging moving forward. Well, also encouraged is the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, talking about the defense from a year ago to right now. The physicality has been great. The third downs have been great. That was an area we really struggled on last year, as you all know, particularly third and long. And, and we've been getting off the field. And, and um, that was a point of emphasis for, for our defense and VJ and myself to really improve that. And they have. Now, the Cardinals have the number one third down defense to the point that Kingsbury was bringing up, 26.1% they've allowed through the first two games. Again, small sample size. On the flip side, the offense doing what it needs to do, MJ, because it's scoring points. It's taking advantage of what the defense is doing, but there is room for improvement on the offensive end as well. Yeah, and if you want to talk about third down, the Cardinals had 45%. Uh, They had a hard time getting there last year based on their start. You know, and then what they've done in the red zone this year, five out of eight, 63%, not kicking field goals. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, what Kyler Murray's been able to do, uh, being able to run the football and Kenyon Drake, and then obviously with DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, the, the fact is they feel like this can be more explosive once they kind of get their chemistry down. But give the offensive line credit. They've been able to run the football. They've been able to protect Kyler Murray. But two issues last year that held this team back was third down, you know, continuing drives. Now we'll get into the negative plays, uh, but also converting uh, touchdowns versus field goals. So a lot to build on. Yeah, you talk about the offense and the room for improvement. Yeah, when you look at the numbers, 842 yards, the most through two games games since the team had 903 total yards back 
1984. Heck, B-Train, that was even before you took the field. <laughs> Just a little bit, but, you know, I was already rocking and rolling. I was already doing my thing. You know, I, I had the single bar, and I was ready to rock. But <laughs> well, let's get the thoughts and opinions of one of those new faces on the offense, DeAndre Hopkins, on where the Cardinals' offense is right now and where it eventually could potentially be. <laughs> But we got a, a very high ceiling. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that we left right there on the field. Some three announcements we had, some drives that we we didn't finish. And this is very early in um, in you know in, in the season. No preseason. Not a lot of time for us to go out live against another team. So for us to be able to put thirty points up against an, a, a good NFL defense, you know, it's pretty good. But there's a lot of a lot of room left uh, for us to improve. 12 points, B-Train, this offense left on the field. Three times they went into the red zone, and three times they were forced to kick field goals. So, yeah, you put up 30 points, and, heck, a year ago we went in over the moon for a 30-point performance, and now it's, well, it can be better. And, and that's what you want. You want that gradual progression. You want a team that's in the second year feeling more comfortable with the offense and, and what they're trying to do to attack a given defense. And, and you saw that. You saw at, at times – this offense was able to move the ball up and down the field and, and pretty much do whatever it wanted to do. Now, granted, you know, Washington isn't the greatest defense out there, but at the same time, it's still a very talented NFL-caliber defense. And for them, for the Cardinals to go out there to and, and have that type of success, it just shows that this team is, is making strides. Uh, you, you see the talent level is clearly there, and now it's just a matter of them finding their synergy and, and and clicking on all cylinders, and once they do that, I think this is going to be a very, very scary offense to try to slow down. You know, you look at total plays, the Cardinals offense has 151 plays, their opponents have 121. Cardinals are putting up 421 yards a game, and they have six touchdowns on the season, four rushing, and only two passing, and, and again, those numbers were reflected, but you know, just adding DeAndre Hopkins, teams have to defend him a lot differently. And, you know, Kyler Murray such a competitor where, you know, last year at this time he had seven uh, seven rushes after two games. And, and I always think back when he watched Lamar Jackson. Now the numbers don't reflect it after those next couple of weeks. But and the fact that he's got 11 rushes already, um, and, and I don't think this is going to change. It's part of who he is. He's one of the best dual threats, one of the more exciting players in football. Um, obviously, he hasn't taken that big hit, um, but I think this is we're going to see the entire season from the offense. Cardinals got off to a fast start, a three and out defensively, and then the offense marched downfield, 11 plays, 48 yards. Murray to DeAndre Hopkins for his first touchdown in a Cardinals uniform. They jumped out, as I mentioned, to a 20 to nothing lead. Maybe took the foot off the gas a little bit in the second half, but bottom line, a win is a win. After the ball game, quarterback Kyler Murray discussed where the offense is at. We left a lot out there. Um, I think that was pretty evident to see. Um, I know we, we all felt as if we left a lot out there in the locker room um, from coaches and players. It's frustrating at times, but at the same time, we got to understand this is week two. Um, we're not where we, we hope to be, obviously, at the end of this thing. We got the win, and that's really all that matters. You know, it, it'd be interesting to see because, you know, the Cardinals obviously trailed in the first game of the year, and then they were able to take the lead in the fourth quarter, and then they gave it back, and then the defense, you know, obviously made a stop, and, and they had a lead at that point. It'd be nice to see this team play with a lead this year uh, because I think we got a chance to see now a 
according to Kingsbury, maybe they got a little uh, going through the motions in the, in the third quarter and things got a little bit tighter. But you were able to see a team play uh, against the clock, line up and run the football with Kenyon Drake and, and Kyler Murray. And at that point, you know, they were trying to preserve a victory. So it'd be interesting to see if this team can play with the lead, how dangerous they can be when they go with the Murray up offense. And then when you play with the lead, B-Train, you can also concentrate a little bit more on the ground game. The Cardinals had 97 of their 160 rushing yards in the second half on Sunday. And that's because you have that lead and you haven't wasted opportunities earlier in the ballgame. Playing with the lead, uh, it totally changes your mindset from a team standpoint. From the offense, you definitely want to take the air out of the ball a little bit. You want to let your offensive linemen become the star of the show. Let them go forward and try to road grade that defensive line and, and set a set a standard for how they want to play. And then from a defensive perspective, you get to pin your ears back. You get to be a little more aggressive because now when you have the lead, you know the other team has to put the ball in the air to try to make up those points in a short period of time. So as a pass rusher and a guy that, that, that wants to get after quarterbacks, I love playing with the lead, and it definitely changes your mindset. It changes your mentality, and it, it's definitely a much better position to play as opposed to having to, to play desperate football and, and take chances where you normally wouldn't. Now, we mentioned it was all three phases. We've got to bring up special teams for the second straight week, a huge takeaway on special teams. Darrell Daniels forced a fumble on a punt. Aaron Brewer, the long snapper, recovered. And that was a takeaway that the Cardinals took advantage of. Kyler Murray with a 14-yard touchdown run on the final snap of the first quarter. So we said, offense, defense, and special teams. Got to be able to do it in all three phases. And so far, the Cardinals have done just that. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com app for more. When we come back, while the running ability and the running threats of one Kyler Murray, certainly the talk of the league so far through two games. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap to Murray. Steps up and takes off. Far side of the 20. Got room at the 10. Cuts right to the 5. Jukes the defender and scores. Touchdown Kyler Murray. A 22-yard run. His second rushing touchdown of the game. That defender is in multiple pieces at the (laughs) 5-yard line as he tried to break down and make that play. And Kyler broke him down. Went right through Washington's secondary like butter in the microwave, baby. I see an arm, a foot, a piece of the torso on the ground there, the Washington defender, as he got shook by Kyler Murray. Boy, that was spectacular. Oh, my goodness. It's just beautiful. It's unfair. The voices of Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley. It was second and 19, and Kyler Murray took off for a 21-yard touchdown, made the score 27-3 early moments of that fourth quarter. Cardinals win on Sunday 30-15 as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rayalu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry joining us as well. Between the throwing and the rushing, Kyler Murray amassed 353 all-purpose yards, but let's go back to his running ability B train I know you face some mobile quarterbacks back in your day but I'm guessing no one quite like number one no no one quite like number one the closest I can remember was Michael Vick he was a guy that was electrifying when he had the ball in his hands and uh, they both shared the same type of quickness but 
I don't know if I've really seen the total package like Kyler Murray. And I know this is grand talk and, and we're prisoner of the moment because the game was just Sunday. But you look at the things that he does and you just haven't seen it in that package before and it's something that's unique to the quarterback position. Yes, you've got Lamar Jackson and the way that he goes about doing it. You have Deshaun Watson and the way that he goes about doing it. Carson Wentz and the way that he does it. But when you look at Kyler and, and how he goes about the business of quarterback in the Arizona Cardinals, it's just something that you can't take your eyes off of. You have to watch. And there are plenty of other things to look at. I mean, we have Larry Fitzgerald. We have DeAndre Hopkins. We have so many other guys that can really grab your attention. But you're constantly watching number one every time he gets under center. B-Train, you mentioned Mike Vick, and, and, and nothing against Vick. Obviously, you can look at those both of those guys had strong arms. I think Kyler's a little bit more accurate. They both ran 4-3. Uh, but then you look at Russell Wilson. Do, do you see any comparisons when Wilson got in the league? Now he's a little bit heavier now where he doesn't have that kind of speed. But do you see Russell Wilson in his early years similar to Kyler Murray? No question. And the thing with Russell Wilson is Russell was always trying to buy time because he wanted to throw the ball first and foremost. He's a guy that he could run, and I think as time evolved, he learned that he could go ahead and make some of the plays with the legs. But if you remember, he was really you know running backwards, changing direction so that he could set up to deliver the ball. With Tyler, he is a legitimate weapon running the football. Not that Russell Wilson isn't, but you see that aggressiveness. Once he makes that decision and tucks that ball, uh, he is as good as any running back out there. And, and you almost have to, to look at him, and if you were to close your eyes and, and not look at the number one on his back, you would swear he was one of those third-down backs that could you know really make you miss, like a Darren Sproles or somebody like that with that sudden burst and change of direction. So uh, the things that he does, the, the total package, it, it's, it's very unique, and I think we're, very, we're blessed here in the, in the Valley to have a quarterback that can do it all. 286 yards passing, 67 yards rushing after the ball game. Kyler Murray talked about the latter, his running ability, and how that affects the offense. I think it does a lot. It's an extension of the run game. Really, our offense in general. You know, when, when I can break the pocket or pull a read and um, you know score, um, that just that's that's the dynamic that we have in this offense because I'm able to move. Uh, it's a blessing to be able to move fast. Yeah, I do not have that speed of a Kyler Murray. Just uh, some breaking news here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. You brought it up earlier, MJ. I do want to point it out once again. The number of times we've seen Kyler Murray run with the football here in 2020 compared to a year ago. This season, 21 rushing attempts for 158 yards. His 7.5 yards per carry is actually the best in the NFL. A year ago after two games, six carries, 17 yards. Yeah, and I I think that, you know, based on what he did last year, you know, we could talk about is he going to get 500 yards? I know he's on pace for 1,000. We'll just have to wait and see. And that was, you know, Lamar Jackson was able to do that. Yeah, but you know, the, the thing is, though, I, I think we got to go back to where when the Cardinals made a decision to hire Cliff Kingsbury and move on from Josh Rosen, and to draft Kyler Murray, I mean, this is a match made in heaven. If if they keep the other previous staff, and and obviously that wasn't the plan, um, the fact that this team is such further along in year number two because of Cliff was trying to recruit him at 15 years old and the fact that he knew the offense, I mean, 
this doesn't happen all the time. Usually guys that are drafted in the top five, you're going to a, a team that's either fired their general manager, fired their head coach, and you're starting over. And the Cardinals, they felt like they had enough to maybe get through the first year and bring in talent. So it's just it, it makes so much sense why they're having so much success early in the season here. And I think it, it's something that is going to get better as the season progresses and the future definitely looks bright. It's not just us talking about Kyla Murray's running ability after the ball game. DeAndre Hopkins brought it up as well. He has a different dynamic to this offense when he can go and score from 20, 30 yards out. It's something that is hard for defenders to be able to attack when you have a quarterback like that that's looking to score and not just get the first down. The touchdowns that he had, obviously it was defenders right there in front of him, and he made a move or two and went in for the touchdown. But Kyler's a, a definitely um, a special guy uh, with the ball in his hands. B-Train, you're one of those defenders. What do you do when you are faced with a quarterback like a Kyler Murray who is just as dangerous dropping back to pass as he is dropping back and then deciding to run? I don't really want to say this too many times because Kyler Murray is the quarterback of the team that I support. But if I were on another defense going up against Kyler Murray, I want to hit him. I want to hit him as many times as I possibly can, and I want to get as many shots legally, of course. I don't, I don't want to uh, you know, say that we're trying to do anything dirty, but every time he carries the ball, I want him to feel my weight. I want him to feel the, the, the heaviness of my body on his as he hits the ground, and that's the only way that you can really deter a guy like a Kyler Murray from really running with the ball. And the thing that you see, and which is why I think it's so uh, – so able to, to do this all season long is because the fact he doesn't take those big hits. Every time he runs with the ball, he's either running out of bounds, he's sliding. You never see him take that big head-on shot. And so the fact that he runs so smart with the ball, that allows him to be able to run as much as he does because you know he's not putting himself in harm's way. So as a, as a defender, the only way that you're going to stop a guy like that is you have to put a lot more hits on him and make sure that he feels your presence every time that he takes off. Well, we know he's watched a lot of film um, going back to last year, and he knows that he can improve on a lot of different things. And last year he was trying to outrun defensive linemen, and they were forcing him to, with negative plays. So he's learned from that. And, what, and you know, even though it's it, these guys are a lot faster, I mean, the linemen were taking different angles on him. They were still getting to him. I mean, literally he's making grown men look silly in the secondary. And when he gets when he gets that ball in his hands, and, and I've been trying to think about it, you know, people say Barry Sanders is a little bit different, obviously. He reminds me of Devin Hester when he gets that ball in his hands, and Hester was a returner because once he gets to that second layer, the, the angles he takes and the open field that he has, I mean, that's something that you really can't teach. It's, it's instincts, and I do think his baseball background helps him when it comes to sliding. Five of his eight rushing attempts, at least by my count on Sunday, were designed runs, and head coach Cliff Kingsbury did confirm on Monday that both touchdown runs were called runs from the sidelines, and he certainly is, to your point, MJ, making defenders look silly out there, but let's give some credit to the downfield blocking as well. A Kenyon Drake, a Chase Edmonds, and Andy Isabella, all three of those players factored in to those two rushing scores. Yeah, again, once he makes that decision to break the pocket, those those guys, those, those first five to eight, ten yards are very important. 
And as B-Train pointed out, he really hasn't taken that big hit. You would think a linebacker would want to crawl, but he's got to catch him. And, you know, these guys are you know, they're, they're bigger, stronger, faster. But when a guy's running a 4-3, um, you can't teach speed. And that's why he's able to get in, in open fields. Um, but I agree with you that those first to 5 to 10 yards, he has to have those blocking. Otherwise, somebody's going to get a clean hit on him. First quarterback, Kyler Murray, the first quarterback in NFL history to rush for 150 or more yards and three or more touchdowns in the first two games of a season. Yet, as we heard from him in segment number one, there is certainly a lot left to improve on that offense. And according to the head coach, Kingsbury believed there's a lot Murray can do to improve as well. A work in progress. I, I think you can see we're not as sharp as we'd like to be, but he has so much talent that he can still make some incredible plays and he's a spectacular talent we all know that I think when we really get it clicking and getting a rhythm that we can get rolling pretty good a work in progress an interesting couple of words there be trained from the head coach who we know has definite respect for his quarterback yet I think he and we all know that there is so much more that we need to see and we still are left to be seen from Kyler Murray Without question, and we're talking about a quarterback that only has 18 starts under his belt career-wise, so the, the best is still yet to come. We're only two weeks into this season with no preseason and no time to really get that rhythm in game-like situations. So to think that they are already producing the way that they are and, and they still have so much room for growth, that, that that's very encouraging if you're a Cardinals fan. And more importantly, if you're on that defensive side, because you know now that, as we talked about in the first segment, you can play more with the lead uh, more often, and when you play with the lead, it's just a different mentality. You know, Coach Joseph gets to call the defense a lot better or a lot more aggressive, and, and as a as a player on the field, you get to go out there and take more chances because now you're not necessarily watching every single step you make because that could be the difference in, in getting the ball back and, and giving your team an opportunity, the chance to catch up. Uh, and score some points. One of those areas of improvement, MJ, has got to be the connection between quarterback and wide receivers, the accuracy. We know Murray is one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league, just we haven't seen it. There's been several throws, and two in particular in the third quarter on Sunday, the downfield toss to Dan Arnold that went over his head, and he also had Chase Edmonds open for a touchdown down the middle of the field. Those throws we don't usually see him miss, and I don't know if it's because of the lack of an offseason and a lack of a preseason, but those will be connected sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, we know he's completing 67% of his passes. I mean, he, he can throw in tight windows. You know, one thing he's not doing this year, he's not floating the ball like he did a year ago, and, and those were interceptions. Um, obviously, his arm strength's a little bit stronger, um, but he is Aaron Mellonum. He's not getting bad at balls down, so maybe it's just a case of him setting his feet because they want him to get rid of the ball so fast where you know he has great feet. He can bounce around. He can shuffle in and outside the pocket. Um, he is going through his progressions, but a lot of times, you know, even though he can throw on the run, um, it's a timing issue. So maybe he's pressing a little bit there, but he is completing close to 70% of his passes. Um, the Cardinals didn't take a lot of shots down the field uh, in week one. They took about four or five in that game. And, and it's a matter of teams are going to put six guys in a the box. Um, they're going to run the ball. If they want to put seven and they want a single coverage with Hopkins, guys are going to be open. So I'm not really worried about that um, because I know how accurate it is and he throws in the tight windows. He did spread the ball a lot 
more in week two. Seven different receivers caught a pass compared to five in week one and four different receivers. Hopkins, Fitz, Isabella, and Kirk all had more than 50 yards receiving. So a good distribution against Washington. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report talking about a 2-0 Cardinals team doing it in all three phases, but I think, at least for me, and I know I can speak for Bertram Berry, Defense, the name of the game. We'll get into that discussion on the other side here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Haskins in the pocket. The ball comes out and it's picked off at the 11-yard line into the hands of Chandler Jones. Looked to be Jordan Phillips that got a hand on the football. Either that or on the arm of Haskins. Slammed to the ground at the 20-yard line for a sack. Devon Kennard, another Cardinal newcomer, passes it to the far side. Incomplete. Broken up by Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell once again running with a tight end, baby. Another play on the ball by Devondre Campbell. Yep. Devon Kennard, Devondre Campbell, and Jordan Phillips, the first three players signed by the Cardinals in free agency this offseason, and all three major contributors on defense for the Cardinals here through the first two games. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. And yes, as promised, B-Train, more talk about the defense because, as you said to start the show, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And through two games, I'll argue, the defense is winning ball games for the Cardinals. And that's what you want. You want to have your defense keep you in it until the offense finds their rhythm and, and they really start clicking on all cylinders. And defense usually comes out of the gate a lot faster than offenses, so... Uh, you, this is what you expect, and, and the fact that they brought in key contributors on the defensive side, and particularly on the front seven, to come in and make immediate impact, they've done just that, and I think that's why you've seen the success of the defense thus far, creating turnovers, getting off the field, and, and really giving the offense opportunities to score time and time again. It, it's one of those where you have to find the right pieces to go along with what you already have, and I think those three names that you mentioned, Craig, are all guys that, that fit this defense very, very well. So they were able to, to come in and, and blend into what they were already doing effortlessly, and, and you've seen that on the field as these guys have, have made plays and, and, and they've gone out and done a lot of things to play winning football. And those three have combined for 19 tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, two quarterback hits, two passes defensed, and a forced fumble. And to B-Train's point, MJ, yes, not only contributing, but filling holes that were glaring on this defense last year. Well, I'll also throw in Angelo Blackson now that he didn't sign as a free agent, but it's, to me it was very noticeable in week one. They brought in grit and physicality. And Jordan Phillips, I mean, he had a 90.5, according to pro football focus, a pass grade. You know, his last time he's had a grade similar to that was a rookie back in 2015. And then you, you just look at – Campbell. I mean, you can make a case that only it's only two games. Him and Buddha have probably been the MVPs of the defense. I mean, he's covering tight ends. He's physical. He comes down in the box, makes tackles. 
Um, and then Kennard, he brings some tenacity too. I mean, I like the way he tackles. So, you know, when we looked at that offseason, you know, we thought, hey, if this team's going to get better, they got to address the front seven. And, Craig, what's surprising to me is you're looking at, you know, you throw in Zach Allen, who initially was a starter, and now Chris Banjo. I mean, they're starting five to six new guys, and I thought it would take time. And luckily, the, the secondary is settling down with obviously returning starters, and Kirkpatrick's getting more time. But they really addressed his front seven, and I think the proof is in the pudding after two games. And I know you thought the offense might have been a little bit ahead because yes. of the amount of guys that were returning versus the defense, to your point, all the new faces. How, how do they gel together? And it's been well, maybe the, the complete reversal that it's the defense that may be a little bit ahead and no one more than Devondre Campbell who had a team high 10 tackles on Sunday tied for the team lead with Jordan Hicks and in the words of head coach Cliff Kingsbury was everywhere on the field. I think he's one of the most under-the-radar players in the entire league. Um, with his length and his covering ability, football knowledge and IQ, for him to step in here and pick up our defensive scheme as quickly as he done, I mean, he is all about football all the time. Business-like approach. I mean, he has been a great fit here, and we're just very blessed to have him. It's his coverage ability, MJ, that has really stood out. And on Sunday, it was against the tight end and Logan Thomas. But he is running with tight ends. He's even running with running backs out of the backfield and staying step for step. I can tell you this, um, and, you know, I didn't have any idea who they were targeting. You hear names, but, you know, a lot of times this is, you know, smokescreen. But the Cardinals were surprised that he only took a one-year deal. Um, you know, he was he was really effective in Atlanta. I mean, 129 tackles last year. He didn't miss a lot of tackles. Now it's it's a good it's a good cap number for him. So he's betting on himself. And you know, good teams usually try to find guys that for the future. And you know, Isaiah Simmons, what he he's going to be able to learn between Campbell and Hicks and Kennard and, and Chandler Jones. So it's going to slow play him. But uh, they were surprised that he he. Was looking for a one-year deal, and and then he takes a one-year deal, and he, you know there's no off-season. Uh, it looks like this guy's been playing in this defense for years. Well, Vance Joseph pointed out in the off-season he was their number one priority. Talking about Devondre Campbell and able to get him on just a one-year deal, and now B Train, you kind of wish that it was a long-term contract by what we've seen so far. But thoroughly impressed by what he's been able to do, and no longer do we have that revolving door next to Jordan Hicks when we talk about the inside linebacker position. Without question, it was a shrewd business move by Devondre Campbell to bet on himself, and and he's gonna. It looks as if he's going to get paid, and, and he made the right decision, so good for him. And I think any time that you have a veteran that's on a one-year deal who knows the economics of football and how how contracts and, and salary cap works, uh, he he had to go out and, 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 and prove it on the field because, as you talked about, he took the one-year deal, so there's really no room for error for him. He has to go out each and every week and show that uh, he is deserving of big money, and, and so far so good. He's two for two. And I think if he continues to play at this level, uh, the Cardinals are going to have some, some decisions to make. And I think that's always a good thing. If you have uh, too many good players, uh, you want to make sure that you try to retain as many of them as you can. But I just think for him and, and his his style of football, it fit right in to what Vance Joseph and the defense wanted to do. And, and you're seeing uh, a guy go out there and in and, and this defense is like a hand and glove. Well, and because of how well he's playing, it's keeping Isaiah Simmons right now on the sidelines. Only seven defensive snaps on Sunday. Let's hear from Devondre Campbell on his ability to not only rush, but also drop back into coverage. 
I always kind of pride myself in being multidimensional. You know, I feel like I can rush, cover, and play behind the ball. And, uh, yeah, some people are surprised considering I am a bigger guy and I can run with tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs. So it kind of surprises a lot of people, but it never surprises me because I know what I'm capable of. It's a team effort, and we've highlighted the three players the signed in the offseason. I know you brought up Angela Blackson as well, MJ. Drake Kirkpatrick as well signed in training camp. And all of these pieces, you're talking about the number one defense covering on third down, the number one defense covering in the red zone, and the second best defense as far as points allowed, just 17 and a half through two games. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, anytime you're in the top 10 with points allowed, and it's a long season, and you know, let's be honest, uh, you know, the Niners without their top two receivers, Kittle kind of was playing on one leg last week. They go against a young quarterback. They're going to face better offenses eventually. But the fact is uh, their opponents are six for 23 on third down. That's close to 26 percent. Red zone, they're two for seven. That's less than 30 percent. So they're getting it done there. And, you know, when when you look at, you know, what Vance wants to do, we're starting to see a little bit of a shell defense now, too. Um, obviously, you know, they want to move around. But, you know, going in was man-to-man press. And Corey Peters is playing well. I mean, it's just not one guy. What's interesting is it seems like throughout the course of the game for the first two games, different players are making plays at, at, at impromptu times. where, where they're just, I mean, Chandler Jones has one sack. The team has seven different players that have – uh, a sack each. Chandler Jones also has six quarterback hits, which is a top five. Aaron Donald's below him there. So even though you know how I feel about sacks, it's the other things, and it just seems like these guys are gelling together at the right time going into the season. Yeah, Chandler Jones without a sack on Sunday, but had four quarterback hits against Washington, and we don't want to overshadow those core players. B train. Because you're talking about Corey Peters, Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, Buda Baker, Patrick Peterson, it takes everyone. So it's a good mesh here that I think, you know, at least for me, surprised that it's happened so quickly during the season. And I think, too, you have to look at we're not saying that the, the core guys are, are not doing anything. It's because they are who they are that the other guys are taking full advantage of their opportunities. If you don't have Patrick Peterson play the way that he's playing, then we're not going to hear about the other players making the plays. If we don't have Chandler Jones being who he is and, and getting those double teams and, and having uh, the protection roll towards him, then you're not seeing uh, all these other guys, the Devon Kennards and, and you know, all these all these players make plays uh, when they get their, their number call. So the fact that you don't have to rely on all those guys uh, or, or the, the core guys for every single play that's made, I think that takes the pressure off of them and it allows them to – get in the flow and and once they start clicking you know they're going to show up because they've proven it over a long period of time so this is great the fact that they haven't felt the the pressure to have to do it all you know with two or three guys uh, the fact that you got to maintain uh, accountability for all of these players on this defense I think that's a great great sign because as a, as a quarterback and as a guy that is going to be on the offensive line, you don't know who's going to be the guy that's number is going to be called. So you've got to play it straight. You can't just turn protect and, and, and try to eliminate one guy and think that you're going to have success. That's a good problem if you're going to Well, and, and usually free agency can kind of be overrated. You know, a lot of times you see these guys sign these big contracts and they don't produce, and there's a reason why, you know, teams let, let them go. Here, 
I mean, you talk about a plug-and-play guy, Campbell. Jordan Phillips on the contract for five years. Canard, they own his rights for the next couple of years. And they feel like, you know, we know that this team is better because they brought in better players. And a lot of times free agency doesn't pan out like this. Now, it's a small sample, but I definitely like where they're going. And, you know, like Andrew Whitworth, what a great signing for him was was the Rams to kind of settle things down there. I mean, but for the most part, it doesn't always pan out. Um, but here, for this season, it's panned out. Well, and you mentioned it, small sample size, but that is the sample that we are going off of through two games. Now, going to continue into week three with the Detroit Lions coming to State Farm Stadium on Sunday afternoon. We will focus, put the spotlight on next week's opponent when we come back. A reminder, make sure you catch up on all Cardinals flight plan episodes or just watch them again. Go to the official YouTube page of the Arizona Cardinals, www.youtube.com slash Cardinals. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report every Tuesday, 11 to noon, talking about everything concerning the Cardinals, who are off to a 2-0 start for the first time since 2015. The last time they began a season 3-0, also 2015. A preview of Sunday's contest against the Lions straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. First down and goal for the Lions at the one. They've got all tight ends in an I formation. Hand off to Harris. Slam down Bertrand Berry. Whoa. Back at the five-yard line. Ding. You are now free to get your dairy whipped. Bertrand Berry. Boned him up, squared him up, fronted him up, drilled him down. Getting a still in the pocket, being chased. Barry's got him. Sacks him back at the 15-yard line. Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Come on and get your feline fixin'. Courtesy of Bertrand Barry. In six career games against the Detroit Lions, our cohort here, Bertrand Berry, three and a half career sacks, four career quarterback hits. You know, B-Tran, it's good you played well because otherwise, you know, it's become tradition here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report when we talk about the following week's opponent to come into the segment with a montage of B-Tran highlights. So if you, were, if you weren't any good, I don't know what we'd do. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be a little tough. You know, we'd have to just start with some, some highlights from, from previous games and other players, but uh, I was fortunate enough to have some great teammates that put me in some great positions to make plays, coaches as well, and I was, I was fortunate enough to take advantage of my opportunities, and uh, I also say uh, with the Detroit Lions, unfortunately, they were the cause of some of my lowest moments because I had season-ending injuries uh, a year to the date of each other. Both my triceps were torn against the Detroit Lions at uh, State Farm Stadium. Well, we won't focus on that. We'll focus on the positive as the Lions come to town with an 0-2 record. Last week lost at Green Bay 42-21. to MJ, they had a 14-3 lead at halftime and now have a dubious distinction of being the first and only NFL team in league history to lose four straight games in which they had a double-digit lead. And if you want to dig back to last year, they've lost 11 straight. Now, they should have won in week one. Their running back missed the ball in the end zone, and clearly, I mean, it happens. He's a rookie, but they were in position to win that game. 
Um, you know, you, you look at Stafford, obviously he missed a lot of time last year. Galladay is expected back. They're trying to run the football. They got some issues on the on the right side of the line. They're playing some young guys. They went out and spent big money on a free agent, but he's hurt. Really, I look at that defense, and Jeff Okuda, who's a high pick, he missed week one. Uh, he's kind of a third uh, third option there. They got Trufant there. But I look at that defense. They went out and got Jamie Collins. Jared Davis, a, a high draft pick. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. The only guy I see is Trey Flowers. And I was talking to Lomas Brown yesterday, who does the the games for the Lions, and he, he kind of alluded to that the middle of the field at times has been wide open. So uh, I like this matchup, but you do have Matthew Stafford. This would be the best quarterback they faced up until this point. Yeah, Stafford, two touchdowns against the Packers. He did throw a pick six. And anytime you do have a quarterback of that caliber, B-Train, you always give yourself a chance, even though on paper this is a game the Cardinals on paper are a better team. Yeah, this will be a nice chess match, and, and I know Matthew Stafford has, has done some things in the NFL. It just doesn't seem like he's been able to get over the hump. Also, look at Matt Patricia. He's a defensive coordinator, came from the New England Patriots, and, and thus far hadn't had the success that they would have liked. Uh, they got rid of Jim Caldwell for him, and, and you know the records don't, don't match up to, to justify him making that decision. But I look at the styles, and, and we always say styles make fights, and I really do think that the Cardinals match up from a style standpoint much better uh, than the Detroit Lions do with them. So this should be one of those games they should have some success, but you still got to go out there and play the game. So we'll, we'll see how this, how this plays out, but I like the Cardinals' chances on Sunday. Fourth straight season and the eighth time in nine years overall at the Cardinals and Lions are meeting in the regular season. 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. the pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And we'll be back with you in one week's time to discuss Cardinals and Lions. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Rayolu. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.